0: Listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. What's up, everybody? It's Earth Oddity Podcast. I'm John. This I'm, is... Oh, i Tiny. <laughs> we should get like a rhythm. I screw it up all the time. I feel not like I'm no good on the intros. I don't know. Um, anyways, we're here to talk podcast a little late again, because I had a commitment on Sunday and then yesterday
1: was open house
0: yesterday was open house for Libby at, uh, her sixth grade, she's going into sixth grade,
1: but we were so late last week. Yeah, I feel like it'll just Yeah,
0: this is all gonna blend into <laughs> our new freeform scheduling <laughs> that bothers Goose so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, 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 this is really just one big joke on Goose. He doesn't know it yet though. <laughs> We've decided we're just we're we record and release whatever we want. <laughs> um so how has your week been since we were last together it's
1: been okay i mean this is my week of nights so oh yeah that's, that's right not a lot of fun but yeah. you know what it, it'll it be over yeah
0: and then how many weeks do you work not nights before you go back to nights? it's every
1: third week okay we we rotate for second and third okay every week
0: everybody so, does
1: yeah everybody well everybody in my department does yeah now the rest of the plant they have a absolutely horrifying scary to look at oh yeah. rotating schedule oh. so it's it's better than being on that
0: so like when dieter started nursing she got hired on at night shift and then if you got bumped up to like evening shift at the time because they had three shifts it was all seniority mm-hmm. you know so once you worked your way to day shift everybody was like I'm staying here for the rest of my life you know? right if that worked for them mm-hmm and that's what she did, and then they switched her to twelve-hour shifts, and then she worked from seven eight to seven at night. But there's
1: a few day shift jobs at the plant, but they are few and far between. Yeah, and they they're typically occupied by guys who have been there for forty years for forever.
0: <laughs> yes, you'll get there one day, Tiny. You get you one of those good cush jobs. I
1: don't know. I'm I might ready. I might be ready to just go on and die <laughs> before I get that far.
0: Yeah, that's tough work. You know. I I can't imagine what you do at work all day. It would it would break me. You're more <laughs> of a man than I am. These tender little hands trying to pick up tires, I would die. Well, how's your week been? That's been fine. Nothing okay. Nothing really to talk about other than I'm Libby's starting to figure well, first of all, Libby's turning into a woman, which is awkward enough. Mm-hmm. Right. But she's starting to figure out that she's pretty. Uh, and okay, it's bothering me
1: because
0: <laughs> like, we had to have everything just right before we went to open house. I got to have my outfit right and all that. I've already had. That's why I was a little later coming over here when I sent that mm-hmm. message. I was like, I'll be over just a bit because we had to have, figure out what to wear the next day. And somehow I got roped into that conversation. <laughs> I was How like, did you get
1: I mean, look, John, you are. And I'm not trying to just you know blow smoke here. Yeah. I consider you to be a very intelligent person. I am. I admire your sure. opinion on things. That said, I've never gone to you for fashion advice, and never. maybe I should. I know. If, if you look through my wardrobe, maybe I should ask you more
0: about fashion no. tips. Um, I I don't. Well, just hashtag girl dad. This is what <laughs> you got to do. I'm basically Kobe Bryant. You okay, know, but still alive and <laughs> yes. uh. Yeah, so I had to help in that, and I don't know that anybody really even valued my opinions I was given. <laughs> but you were giving them anyway. Yeah. Well, she had out a sweater, and I was like, hey, it's August in Alabama. Let's not go with a sweater. You're
1: not going to be very pretty yeah. if you're like d- drenched
0: in sweat exactly. over there. And she's like, well, the classrooms are cold or whatever. i was like, all right, do what you want to do then. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got to go record the podcast. I've I'm got, got important work to do. Yeah, this is important stuff. The night before your first day of school, Hudson's starting high school tomorrow, refuses any kind of help or anything. I don't think he knows where any class is mm-hmm. that he's taking. He's going to a high school, quadruple the size of the one you and I went to. Right, And uh, Deidre is worried to death about him. Like he's going to,
1: Oh, I don't know what he thinks is gonna happen. It's not like he's going to prison.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: He's just going to high school.
0: And he was like they have the numbers of the rooms on my paper, you know, like on my schedule. So all I gotta do is look for the numbers of the room, mm-hmm. you know, in his head. That's very simple for him.
1: Also, he seems to be like a witty enough kid that yeah. you know, he won't he, you know, I don't imagine he would get bullied a lot.
0: No, no, Hudson's he's he easy would be to a get. bully. Right. I don't know that he would be no, he's <laughs> like me in that. He'll make fun of you, but he yes. has no way of backing it. Like, if you hear me and get mad at me, then you're probably going to whip me, and that's fine.
1: But he'll have like other dudes in his entourage yeah. for that.
0: Well, and he's good to make friends. He's the type of kid that if he doesn't know where his class is, he will just find somebody in the hall and be like, Hey, which way is room, you know, 1306. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, Oh, it's down there. That's where the science lab is. So I know he's going to be fine. But his mama, who's worried about him his whole life, is she's worried that he's gonna get lost or something? I'm like it's, <laughs> it's a high school; he'll be fine. <laughs> all we really have to worry about is school shootings. Everything else will be okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyways, so that's all that's going on in my life this week. Oh, uh, I got several stories. Okay, but the ones I'm going to talk about are we're going to have a McDonald's story, really an art story, okay. more than a McDonald's story. Uh, we're gonna talk about a Utah man who caused a wildfire and we're gonna talk about tactical braziers,, Oh. Ah. Yeah. I love discussion of ballistics, you know. Sure. Me? Right.
1: I have a story about a man who stole an excavator. I have a story about cows in Montana. Oh. But I want to start with this one. This one comes from NBC News. A woman flashed a white privilege card after being pulled over, and now officers are in trouble for letting her go. Oh, for real? Well, the article says right there she flashed her white privilege card. What else do you expect the cops to do? Like,
0: it's always gotten me out of my pitches, (laughs) you know?
1: I mean, she flashed her white privilege card. Do you think they're actually going to give her a ticket? Yeah, right. (laughs) Come on, what's wrong with you?
0: Who ratted her out, you know? Which one of our fellow whites (laughs) (laughs) told everybody our secret?
1: Uh, Let's see. Uh, Two Anchorage police officers violated department policy during a traffic stop last month when a woman in town for a rally by former President Donald Trump showed them a white privilege card instead of a driver's license. (laughs) Of course she was there for a Trump (laughs) rally. She was not ticketed, the Anchorage Daily News reported. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Well, she had white privilege. Yeah. I mean, she showed him her card. Yeah.
0: That's what happened. And,
1: and this is in Anchorage, too. Sure,
0: okay. People have been talking about this for years now, right? Is anybody surprised? This is how it works. It's great being white. We get away with everything, we just show our card.
1: However, it's not clear what policy was violated. Well, that's because. It was yeah. It was Anchorage Police Department policy to let white people go. Well, yeah.
0: There's <laughs> uh, there's uh, a police white client privilege <laughs> that, and I can't discuss <laughs> that stuff.
1: It says uh, disciplinary actions the officers faced because the department is treating it as a confidential personal matter, according to Anchorage Police Department Director of Community Relations Sonny Guren. Officers Nicholas Bowe and Charles Warlin, with the Impaired Driving Enforcement Unit conducted a traffic stop on July 7th for a car weaving in the lane. Uh, she didn't identify the driver, who she said was showed a white privilege card during the stop. <laughs> Bowe and Warland did not immediately respond to a message seeking comment on Friday. No surprise there. Yeah. <laughs> Days after the traffic stop, Mimi... Israela said in a Facebook post that she was pulled over for weaving at 3.43 a.m. while driving to a pizzeria in Anchorage after arriving on an early morning flight from California for Trump's rally. She couldn't find her driver's license, she wrote in the now-deleted post. When I saw my white privilege card, I gave it to him. If it's okay, she wrote. He laughed and he called his partner. It's their first time to say a white privilege card. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not their first time.
0: (laughs) So when you said her name, I went and tried to find her on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Because if you're at a Trump rally, you have a Facebook, uh, right? (laughs) Right. I I didn't pull up immediately, but this article did that shows her picture. Oh, yeah. She she does not look
1: white.
0: (laughs) Is she appropriating whiteness? I think she's red bone. I mean, she looks
1: Latin, maybe. Maybe Filipino. I mean, there's some white there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She might be half. Yeah. Yeah. But I guarantee you she had to go to some office somewhere. She had to go before a board before (laughs) they gave her that card.
0: (laughs) She's Filipino.
1: Okay, well, now I understand what the outrage is about. Yeah. They're outraged that she got white privilege well, and she wasn't white.
0: There's one thing we whites don't <laughs> want is other people getting in on our privilege. <laughs> We've had it cornered for <laughs> centuries.
1: The top of the novelty card reads, white privilege card trumps everything. <laughs> she wrote in her Twitter biography describing herself as, oh, here it is right here, Pinay or a woman of Filipino origin. That's right. She could not be reached for comment. Officers observed no signs of impairment. Uh, no citations were issued. She added that officers were able to check if a person has a valid license with the help of a computer check, which Bo and Warland did. A video, a video of the encounter apparently taken by Hisrela has been reposted on Twitter. Two officers are seen standing outside her car window, and then she asked one, Do you like my white privilege card? And the officer says that's hilarious.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad other people actually now I think about it are getting in on the white privilege. I think that's good for them. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like she probably just made the cops laugh, and they're like, "All right, get on You know, like this ain't worth giving you a ticket for.
1: Well, if they pulled her over because they thought she was weaving, yeah, they, they were they were suspected. Maybe she had been under the influence. Sure. And then it turns out she's not under the influence.
0: Yeah. She's, she's just a
1: fellow at- Filipino woman flashing a white privilege card.
0: Looking for a pizzeria. Yeah. And, right?
1: and if you can, like get on your computer and check and see if if she does have a license, yeah. but just don't have right. it. I mean, why wouldn't you let her go?
0: Well, and also there's probably a bit of, well, this lady's from out of state who came in for the Trump rally. She's never going to pay this ticket. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. she's going to go back to California or Alabama <laughs> or whatever. And we're, we're we're just gonna be doing paperwork for nothing. Yeah. So I can see that too.
1: There was a show I watched years ago. It was called "Hacking the System" with Brian Brushwood. He just talks about all kinds of like I guess life hacks sure. or whatever. This is back when life hacks were cool. The
0: life hacks were big. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like what a decade ago.
1: Yeah, I just remember he uh he had a laminated get out of jail free card from a Monopoly set, <laughs> and he got pulled over by a police officer. And he was like, okay, I've got I've got like two minutes max to make this guy my friend. Because you would never give your friend a ticket. Right. So I gotta I gotta do something. I gotta make him laugh. He like handed him that that card
0: and made him laugh. And made
1: him laugh. And the yeah. guy just gave him a warning and let him go. go. Now who knows? I mean it was a show. Sure. This all could have been for could the, have been, the show.
0: Yeah. Staged.
1: But basically uh. I guess the life hack was, you know, don't be a butthole to law enforcement and you have a better chance of not getting a ticket.
0: I think that is a very good philosophy to like, if you have to interact with law enforcement, my recommendation is to try to never interact with law enforcement. (laughs) But if you do, you should be polite. Like being rude is of no help to you at all. Even if you are a hundred percent correct and they're a hundred percent wrong. And that's, that leads me to another lesson
1: you don't win the fight yeah. in front of the police officer. Right. You win in court. Exactly. You don't ever try to bear. They yes. have more muscle. Sure. They have the authority. Right. You're not going to be able to win
0: right. against an officer. You're going to have to win before a judge. Well, and that's a very privileged statement for you, Tiny, to assume that you'll get a fair shake in court. <laughs> you know, because... Justice isn't always as blind as it should be, unfortunately. (laughs) Right. That's really true if you look at the statistics, but whatever. Let's talk about a guy who's in a little bit of trouble out in Utah. This is Utah, the state, not Utah, the city in Alabama. Utah man is accused of causing a wildfire. You know why? Well,
1: did he light it on fire? Well, he
0: was trying to burn a spider.
1: Oh,
0: justified. A Utah man, <laughs> are you afraid of spiders?
1: Not really. Okay. I mean, I will admit I'm not a huge fan of snakes. I'm not like deathly afraid of them. Yeah. I just don't really care for them that I'm not much. a big
0: snake guy. Yeah. yeah.
1: But Try. spiders, I mean, we have two spiders here in Alabama right. that are –
0: Poisonous. Venomous. Venomous. Yeah.
1: And, and even then, I mean, it's, it's unlikely you're going to die from
0: it. Now, there's also, and I killed one on my porch on the way home from doing the last podcast, whichever night we did it last when it was at night late, like, mm-hmm. there was a brown widow. Have you seen brown no, widows? I haven't. All right. So they're brown widows, too, which aren't deadly, but they they are no fun to get a bite by. Right, adults. right. So they're brown, look just like a black widow with a red hourglass on them. Hmm. So, yeah, I took care of it. Spiders don't scare me.
1: Are they like a cross between a black widow and a brown recluse? No, I think they're just
0: like a cousin (laughs) of the black widow. Um, But I'm not afraid. I really, I'm not afraid of any insect. I don't like wasp and things like that. Mm -hmm. But spiders, roaches, all that. I'm like, I'm way bigger than you. I can kill you easily (laughs) with my shoe. You know? Anyways. A Utah man has been arrested on accusations he started a wildfire while trying to burn a spider with his lighter. Corey Allen Martin, who is 26, told deputies that he spotted the spider Monday while he was in a hiking area in the foothills south of Salt Lake City. And there, uh, oh, that show that came from a probable cause statement. He acknowledged starting the fire, but didn't explain why he was trying to burn the spider. Deputies found a jar of marijuana in his belongings, but he didn't appear to be high, said Utah County Sheriff Sergeant Spencer Cannon. There is no evidence to suggest he intentionally started the blaze, uh, but he called it uh, the Cannon called it a reckless and puzzling decision. This area and most of Utah are bone dry amid extreme drought conditions. What led him to stop and notice a spider and decide to try and burn it? We don't know, Cannon said. There may not be a why. He may not even know why. Which I get it. Sometimes you do stuff. Sometimes you're (laughs) like, man, I don't even know why I did that. Um, He was uh, arrested on suspicion of reckless burn and possession of marijuana and drug paraphernalia court documents show. Um, he was in the Utah County jail in a Utah County jail Tuesday on nearly a two thousand dollar bail. It is unknown if he had an attorney. Hmm. So he burned up apparently around a square mile.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Okay. Of forest, which is
0: no good for that guy.
1: That's terrible, but imagine all the spiders (laughs) that he killed. (laughs) He got the job done. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, are there do people in other parts of the country, are there other venomous spiders in there? You know, like if you live in Utah, yeah, is there, a, I don't know. Is a, there a black widow there? You know, like we have cotton mouse here mm-hmm. and they got whatever sidewinders in Texas. I, you know, I don't know. Right. You know, like what are there other venomous smi- spiders in the United States? Other than the two we have in Alabama. (laughs) Entomologist, right then. Somebody let us know. know. Yeah. We could Google it. We could, but I don't (laughs) want to. I want to live the rest of my life not knowing unless somebody calls into this show and tells me the answer. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to live at.
1: the rest of my life not scared about spiders well, that's because 99.9% yeah. chance it's not going to hurt
0: you. They're never going to mess with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I? The insect I really don't like, and I don't know why because I've killed a ton of these with my shoe before too, but scorpions freak me out for some oh, reason. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why. Let me ask you this. Okay. Millipedes and centipedes. Mm-hmm.
1: My whole life, I've never thought anything about it. But my wife
0: says they're poisonous. Said they something. can sting. Yeah, right.
1: And all of a sudden, I'm like, "Well, have I, have I just gone my I whole know. life and not not <laughs> worried been about these this things?" Whole time.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I've heard that. I don't know that it's true. Huh? What? I got stung one time by one of those moss uh, or caterpillars that are okay, fuzzy. Yes, what do yes. they call? I can't remember what they're called. There's I went to lean against a tree. I was in the woods mm-hmm. hiking or camping or something. And stuck my hand right on it. It swollen up. That's the worst pain I think I've ever felt. Is it really? Is it just yeah.
1: like spiny, or does yeah. it actually have a
0: sting? It's got like little stinger spikes on them, huh? Let me. I'll Google the name of it. Okay. Them. Uh, let me. Oh, I don't know. I got to get out of that story there. Because
1: my wife said again, once again, she told me about some caterpillar sting, and I'm
0: like, caterpillars don't sting. But you're saying they do. They in fact, some of them do. That's right. The most dangerous of the stinging caterpillars in Alabama is the asp or pus caterpillar. Hmm. Um, it doesn't move much, and its colors and designs are very bland. This is it. Right here, that's what I stuck my hand on. Oh, uh, okay. That thing tore me up. Really? Made huh. me want to cry if there had been a bunch of people around I might have. <laughs> yeah, it hurt. My hand swollen up and everything. What are those caterpillars
1: that are fuzzy and they're pretty common? They're they're fuzzy and they got like spots on them and they're kind of I don't know a dark color and anyway I just here a couple of years well back in twenty twenty because it was back when Tiger everybody was talking about Tiger King yeah uh, me and Eli we found a ton of them in our backyard he had like fifteen of them in a jar nice and we started calling him the Caterpillar King <laughs> and I think of those fifteen like four or five of them hatched.
0: Into, like, into the a moth.
1: ugliest moth you've ever seen. Like, they're beautiful right. caterpillars. Yeah. Ugly moths.
0: I'm going to hit you with something that a lot of people don't know about me, and that is I am a fan of all moths. I think moths <laughs> are super cool. When you look at them, they're awesome. They have great patterns on them and all that. Big fan of the moth. Well, moths are cool, but not these. They, were, they weren't even big. They were very small. Sure. And they
1: were gray. Yeah. But now, there was one time we were out in the backyard, and uh, we actually caught a
0: luna moth. And yeah. it was gorgeous. Yeah, those are cool. Huge. Yeah, gorgeous. they are huge. They're like an eagle. Yeah. yeah,
1: <laughs> Just exact same, same size, size as a bald eagle. <laughs> People don't know.
0: We're, we're America's Amazon down here. <laughs> we really are.
1: All right, John. How, how's this for a headline? Family says cows broke into their new house in Montana. Oh, wow. I showed you the picture before we started recording. Sure. Uh, imagine you come home from vacation and there is, I don't know, a two inch layer of cow manure and
0: it's splashed up on your walls <laughs>
1: over every square inch of your yeah. floor.
0: If you've ever been like in a dairy barn, that's what the inside of his house looks like. Oh like a dairy God. barn <laughs> before they clean it out at the, you know, into yes. the milking or whatever. That's I mean, what it looks like.
1: It's so bad. I don't even know how you start to clean that up.
0: Yeah. No, I don't either. Yeah. What do you even do? I think maybe you burn it down and then call the insurance company. You know? <laughs>
1: yes. Like, I don't
0: know. We just showed up and it was on fire. I have no idea how Like, I happened.
1: don't think there's any amount of shampooing, yeah. vacuuming,
0: from- pressure washing. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah like, like, I think crime scene cleanup, this is yeah. beyond a job for them. There's so much crap in this house. Oh, my gosh. A Washington family was shocked to discover the bovines moved into their new house in Montana. Uh... A poster on Reddit's Well That Sucks section shared pictures of a new home that was taken over by cattle. This big guy and three of his friends got into our newly built Montana house and proceeded to live there for a month before being found. A
0: month. Oh, my gosh.
1: Several commenters said that the house might very well need to be gutted and refloored due to the damage and (sighs) urged the poster to talk to an insurance company. The response to people's questions, the poster wrote one house is on my aunt's property. We currently live in Washington and we're planning to move over at the end of the year. We assumed she was going down every now and again to check on the house. But I guess that she wasn't cattle guy has a lot of acreage and looked for his cows and even filed a report for stolen cattle. He looked in our shed, but not in the house, because he thought someone was living there. So these cows just—they just moved into his house, and the cattle rancher is like, "What happened to my cows?" Yeah, right. Well, I don't know. Somebody's over at that house all the time. They're like partying. Yeah, right. uh, there was a bad storm in the town, I think, around late April, and we think that the cows were looking for coverage. They either got in by nudging a lever door or the wind might have blown the door open. We're not sure. Insurance has been contacted, but I'm not sure about the outcome because my stepdad is trying to deal with it directly with Cattle Guy and trying to work something out. And no, we don't have farmer's insurance. (laughs) I imagine if you're the insurance agent and you get this. Yeah. You're just like... (laughs) Straight to
0: voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to send an adjuster out soon. (laughs) Uh,
1: Cattleman has already contacted contractors to come out and appraise the house. We have all his info, but unfortunately we were back in Washington at the time, so it's going to be a process. And then five, I'm going to become a vegetarian to please the cow gods so that this will never happen again. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh, my gosh, looking at these pictures, it is
0: crazy. It's – I what would you do? I mean, like, there's nothing – I don't know. A new house. Yeah. You just got to – Yeah. First of all, you're like, uh, we're killing these cows. You know? <laughs> like, when you pull up there with your family, you're like, all right, kids, dad's about to kill some cows, all right? <laughs> yes. If y'all want to sit in the car and not see this, that's fine, but I'm shooting them in the face. And then we're going to have steaks for a long time. But – Yeah, I don't know what you.
1: And then I'm still going to be mad. I'm so mad. (laughs) The wanton destruction of my enemy is not enough to appease my anger. I
0: want all cows dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to eat this delicious steak and I'm not even going to crack a smile. I'm still ticked.
0: Like, you know, like you're rolling up, you know, you've probably driven in from Washington. You're tired, ready for your first (laughs) night in your new house. You pull up, and that's going on. Oh, my God. you're like, well, now we got to drive an hour because we're in the middle of nowhere and find a hotel to stay in. And then try to figure out what to do with our house.
1: And and they didn't say where this was in Montana. Yeah. But the house is in Montana. Imagine, like, the the only hotel within... 30 miles is like budget <laughs> loss right. you, you get to go stay there. Like
0: a side of the road motel <laughs> that Casey and Vicki White were staying in yeah. or something. Yeah. Like there's the ice machine is all the way at the end of the <laughs> right.
1: row. And you got op- the little bucket with the trash can liner sure. in it for your ice.
0: Yeah. I don't think – I'm not a big let's go get ice at the hotel anyway. <laughs> I don't use a lot of – unless we're like icing down some drinks or something. Right. I don't know the people that are needing a lot of ice. That's always puzzled me. Huh. I've never been in a hotel and been like, "Man, I need right now what I really need is ice," unless we were like partying or something. Yeah. Anyways, that's another story for another day. Um
1: when I was a kid, we would get ice because at least at that time, you know, most hotel rooms didn't have like a little mini fridge in them. Yeah. So if you had You know, drinks or something like you said. You had to put them in the cold box. You had your—that's what my grandpa called it. The cold box.
0: Mountain Dew Code Reds. (laughs) This is before Code Red. (laughs) (laughs) Little tiny with his Mountain Dew and Grapeco, he's mixed up into a suicide. And yeah,
1: yeah. all right. That's when I was drinking Mellyella in a can.
0: I love Mellyella. Honestly, big fan of Mellyella. Um. So those cows probably only ate Chick-fil-A while they were there. Got it door dashed. <laughs> but what I haven't heard about Chick-fil-A is it being turned into art. But an artist has thrown the pickle from a McDonald's burger on a ceiling, and he's charging $6,325 for it.
1: Does he have a buyer? Or is anyone I don't interested?
0: think
1: so. Because just imagine... <laughs> The the money that we wasted, it just threw away in high school sure. when we threw our hamburger pickles I know. On, up the up on the ceiling of the
0: cafeteria. <laughs> Everybody did that. I bet you kids at Fayette County High School are doing it to this day. Right now. Yeah, right. School started there today, I think. They're probably doing it right now, right. or they did it today.
1: I remember there were spots yeah, because like, spot. you know, the, the, the janitor would you know throw a mop up there sure, and knock right, them down, right. but it was like, I wouldn't see spots from pickles.
0: You never think about it until you're an adult, like how difficult you may like the janitor's life by <laughs> doing that. You yeah. know, like, he's just a dude trying to get a paycheck, you know, coming to clean the school. Always was a nice guy, and we are just like, hey, let's create more difficult work for you to do, <laughs> you know, as a kid. Remember when we used to throw sharpened pencils up at the scene and get them yes. in the towels? I was like, have I tell the story of my friend getting stabbed with a pencil in class? <laughs> no. Stan knows it. All right, well, we have a friend named John Evan, right? And mm-hmm. Stan knows John Evan. Everybody from Fent knows John Evan. One of the all-time greatest characters to ever live. I love him to death. Would take a bullet for him. Well, we were in biology class in Miss Mora's room, and this kid was in front of him, and he was doing something, and John Evans kept telling him to quit, and he wouldn't quit. And he's like, "If you do it again, I'll stab you in the back with a pencil." <laughs> and he did it one more time, and sure enough, John Evans stabbed him in the back <laughs> with a pencil, <laughs> like went right in him, like a great
1: stab. Man, I went to school with this kid. I think his name was Sabin Ashby. I know Sabin Ashby. Okay, I
0: can, I can tell some Sabin Ashby <laughs> stories, too.
1: I think it was him, but we were sitting in Ms. Gilreath's history class one time. love Miss Gilreath. And she was turned around writing stuff on the board, and it was a chalkboard. This is before yeah. we all had whiteboards. And we're sitting there taking our notes, and he took his pencil and he threw it up at the ceiling, and it stuck. And then she turned around to tell us stuff. And it's just it's just hanging up there, (laughs) and we're all kind of like snickering a little. But she didn't see it, and I think she even said something like, "She knew something was up." Well, I think she just she said she said, "Sabin, why aren't you writing this down? You need to be writing this down." (laughs) And he was like, "I don't have a pencil." And she's like, "Well, you better get one." And then she turned around to start writing on the board, and it fell back down, (laughs) and he caught it. And then she turned around, and she's like, uh, did you find your pencil? And he's like, yes, ma'am, here it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Perfect. Remind me of the Patreon. I'll tell you a little, uh, story about horrible things <laughs> that I participated in that involves saving. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, okay. Back to McDonald's in our artwork. Okay. <laughs> Is it art or is it trolling? The answer is up to the viewer. On July 7th, Australian artist Matthew Griffin debuted a work he titled Pickle. A single slice of pickle he plucked from a McDonald's cheeseburger and subsequently chucked at a pristine white ceiling of a gallery space. Uh, And no, it allegedly never fell from that spot before you ask. Quite an arm. Uh... For this Picasso.
1: There's also the uh, image of Jesus in it, too, if you look closely. (laughs) They are
0: coming to pray to it. Oh, that's old ladies. Old Italian ladies are coming in there to pray to it. Uh, The work, which was recently shown at Michael Lett, a New Zealand gallery that hosted uh, the former cucumber at its show, called Hosting Fine Art Sydney Griffin is an artist known for starting conversations. I love it when we start conversations. (laughs) One of my favorite things we can do is start a conversation about something. (laughs) Uh, He's known for starting conversations on the perceived pretentiousness of the art world, using comedy as a starting point to discuss serious issues like health and dental care for freelance artists in Australia, for example. So that goes on to probably say a lot more about him, but he's hoping to get six thousand uh, dollars, six thousand three hundred and twenty-nine U.S. dollars, or ten thousand Australian dollars mm-hmm. for it. Uh, so far, he does not have a buyer. Well, now,
1: <laughs> do you remember the banana?
0: On the wall. I do. Like I do. how
1: much is how much are people willing to pay for me to then go eat the pickle off that right. ceiling? <laughs> it may not be a bad idea. Yeah. Now it's twelve thousand dollars.
0: <laughs> well, kudos to this dude. I hope he gets his ten thousand Australian dollars for this, because why not? If somebody's dumb enough to buy it, then good for you. Yeah. You know? I hope it works out for him. Plus, McDonald's is art. I had it for dinner last night, and it was great.
1: Uh, our youngest son he uh, he swore off chicken nuggets for a while. Oh wow! But
0: Is he back on. I, it? I think he's
1: back on the back on the wagon. Yeah, he's back on it now. So. so tough
0: to break them from it.
1: <laughs> All right. How about this? Man arrested for stealing an excavator and then digging up the ground outside SLC grocery store. Okay. Uh, Salt Lake City, a man was arrested after stealing an excavator from a construction site in Salt Lake City and then driving it about a mile before he dug up the parking lot outside of a grocery store, according to police.
0: They didn't take his coupons. <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> Witnesses called 911 around noon on Saturday to report a man randomly digging in. Oh, it was in a grass strip and a sidewalk that was outside Smith's. At eight two eight South nine hundred West, so stop everybody by knows. And say hi. Yeah. Everybody
0: knows where that is <laughs> in, the, in the, process- the heart of Earth Oddity Country.
1: <laughs> yes, in the process, police say that he l- hit a water line and he sure. also ripped out newly installed fiber optic lines.
0: Are you telling me he didn't call before he dug?
1: <laughs> he did not.
0: Goodness gracious, that's uh, a cardinal sin.
1: There was no gas leak, according to utility crews and firefighters, firefighters who responded to the scene. Ooh. All right, I got to tell you something okay. about a gas leak. Police, I got, I got a gas leak story too. <laughs> <laughs> Police said that they are still working to figure out the full extent of the damage. According to court documents, 46 year old Omar Ortega stole the excavator from a construction site after it was left running. He just went off to a Sure. Crews at the site then followed him as he drove the machine to the grocery store
0: about a mile away. You know, the operator of that machine was like, I'm getting fired. You know, like immediately, he's like, man, you got to stop. I'm getting fired. Well, those
1: things don't go very fast. No. Could he not, like, was
0: was Omar kind of scary? <laughs> I don't, maybe you locked the door from the inside. I don't know.
1: Well, oh, I guess that's possible. I was thinking maybe it was like an open cab. But, yeah, it could but be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, Good. police said that a crowd of people at the store prevented the suspect from leaving before officers arrived. So I'm guessing at some point it was like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. got to get out of here. got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the total cost of damages to the city from the incident was estimated at over $40,000.
0: Goodness gracious. A uh,
1: bail has been set at $1,000. Wow. So we can, can cover that. We can cover that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> get $100. <laughs> Earth oddity <Trinity>, bail bonding. <laughs> We really should do that.
0: <laughs> well, we only exclusively bail out people whose stories we cover on this show. <laughs> we make that our our thing.
1: We reach out to them. We like slightly rebrand the show into extremely local, right. like misdemeanor stories. And then we go out Ooh. and cover their bail. I got another story for you.
0: <laughs> a girl this week got into a high speed chase and the cops like shot at her and everything. She oh, got arrested. Fat. She had blunt- She's in jail all the time. Anyways, you mm-hmm. just work at Rolly Polly. <laughs> <laughs> She's all the time in jail. she got some issues. Oh, well, can she make a sandwich? No, she was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> she was horrible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, police shot at her. What did? Yeah. What would she do? I mean, she she must have been some type of threat I think for them she to was, do that. Yeah,
0: like they she had like pulled over and they came up and then she tried to gun it or something and almost hit one of them. And huh. I mean, one of them got a little excited and fired off around. <laughs> I hadn't talked. So my friend is the head of the Violent Crimes Unit for Tuscaloosa County Sheriff's Department. Mm-hmm. They, anytime there's a shooting... They will investigate that's not involved with the sheriff's department. so police department. This is Tuscaloosa police department. They'll investigate the shooting to see, you know, what the, if the officer was right or wrong, whatever. Cops investigating cops don't know that that's the best plan, but that's the way it works. Right. So I'll get the lowdown from him when I talk to him.
1: But <laughs> <Well, you know? laughs>
0: he did tell me about the kangaroo that was loose. Yeah. Yeah. I was asking him about that. And, uh, he was like, well, I don't know. He's like, I don't believe there is a kangaroo loose. He's like, just between you and I. He's like, I do think it's a little fishy that the wildlife farm in the area where the kangaroo was spotted was quick to come out and go, Hey, it's not ours, Mm -hmm. but we'll help y'all find it. You know, he's like, I'm not saying that was a PR move or not.
1: Right, right. He's
0: like, but I want to give a press conference on the search for the kangaroo (laughs) and be like, you know, me and the other officers stayed up all night. We watched Crocodile Dundee. and <laughs> Kangaroo Jack to prepare ourselves for this hunt. We feel like we're closing in. We've sewn pouches on the front of our bulletproof vest to make the kangaroo at ease around us should we encounter it. And he was like, it'd just be as straight laced as he is when he does any of the multiple shootings <laughs> he has to work.
1: I remember the python that was on the loose. He, we talked about that too. He's like, a A lot of either. people were saying, I don't think there's a real yeah. python.
0: But he was like, I was so glad I was a sheriff's deputy. He's like, because the police had got called, Tuscaloosa police got called out to, every basement in Alberta City to search <laughs> for the python. He was like, for a month straight. He was like, no, there, no cop in that beat was doing anything but going and checking people's basements for a, a yellow python. Right. <laughs> Which is crazy. But yeah. Anyways, that's my buddy he is an awesome dude, and he's fun to talk to. He, can he also can he teach us about
1: Bell bond business. He probably could. He would be a good
0: resource. We could get him on the show. Yeah, he, oh, can, he, he would, can help
1: us set it up and everything. He's
0: he would be an entertaining person to have. He was telling me that he had to work a stabbing. I saw him Saturday. Uh-huh. Yeah, he had been up all night. Hudson had this thing to go to. His daughter was there. He's like, I've been up all night. He's like, there was a stabbing over at Shamrock Downs or whatever. He's like. Two guys got into it over a girl, and somehow they stabbed each other. Or whatever. He's like, there was blood everywhere. He's like, we had to treat it, you know, like it was a murder scene. He's like, both of them live. They're at the hospital. Yeah. He's like, it looks like they're gonna live. We got treated like a murder scene in case one of them dies. You know, so mm-hmm. like, we got to do this whole digital scan of the whole. He's like, it takes forever. But he's like, and the whole time I'm standing out there doing this, I was like, these two dudes are going to drop. They're not going to press charges on each other. He's like, this is all a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, they're going to, like, tomorrow get released from the hospital. They're like, yeah, no, we're not pressing charges. Yeah. So he's like, they probably got warrants all on them and stuff. <laughs> he's like, so we just, I just stayed up all night long to do something that doesn't even matter. Wow. Huh. He's old and jaded. You know, he's one of those cops. He's a good dude, though. Mm-hmm. Like, Anyways. That's enough about my friend. Squirrel knows him. He knows who I'm talking about. So now we need to talk about bras. Okay. I'm a fan of bras. Been wearing them for years. <laughs> On my own time. Okay. <laughs> uh the US Army is developing a tactical bra. Okay.
1: Why is there not already one in service? I don't know. Like why why is why is it why is it 2022? Well that we're finally like, okay, you know
0: what we gotta do something about I thought tactical undergarments for lady soldiers. Circa twenty eighteen we were hashtag free in the nipple. Like this feels like we're <laughs> reverting in in women's rights or whatever. Uh, as part of the military's ongoing efforts to accommodate soldiers of all shapes and sizes, the U.S. Army is in the process of developing the Army. Tactical Brazier, or ATB. (laughs) Love it. Prototypes are currently (laughs) undergoing testing at the Army's Combat Capabilities Development Command Soldier Center in Natick, Massachusetts.
1: (laughs) Are they not available on 511tactical.com yet?
0: I would like to know... How's the testing going on the? Like, are we just putting them on trampolines
1: or something here? Like, what are we doing?
0: <laughs>
1: I know where I want to have my birthday party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the ATB design and development process kicked off with a soldier centric survey administered through Soldier Touch Points. Soldier touch points are immersive testing and feedback mechanisms through which soldiers can provide valuable insights on how certain tools or equipment undergoing development will be used practically in the field. Um, female soldiers weighed in on the qualities and functionality they were looking for in the over-the-shoulder holster's and the goal of developing a tactical rather than sportswear item was established. The prototypes were then designed with integration into existing uniforms and body armor in mind. Um, This means that designers are evaluating options such as the inclusion of flame-retardant fabrics. I would think all bras, if they're not already (laughs) flame-retardant, let's get them flame-retardant. I want to protect our ladies. You all,
1: know? all clothing. should. It'd be nice if we could have it somewhat flame retardant.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. <laughs> uh, they're also expertly layered with uh, compression fabrics, structural and protective materials also, uh, while taking into account the importance of accurate sizing, reliable comfort, moisture management, and breathability. Hmm. All important. When you go down the bra rabbit hole. Um, all of this to say that this bra will be built by the lowest bidder, <laughs> no matter what they decide. And I know just from having friends who've served in the military, um, the quality of stuff they give you is not always the best. Right. Yeah. So because
1: they have a lot of soldiers.
0: Yes, but I am glad that our transgender soldiers will now be able to get bras that are tactical for them. Mm-hmm. So we're we're moving right along.
1: So is it basically just? I mean, what what separates this from just your standard bra? Well, is there maybe trying to? Did I hear? Did I hear him say that they were talking about like a shoulder holster, trying to incorporate a shoulder holster?
0: I think so. I've heard a bra called an over-the-shoulder boulder holster. <laughs> okay. I think they were trying to make a joke there. I don't think they're talking about for a sidearm holster. Oh, I got you. I think they're talking about a boob holster. (laughs) Now, my wife is well endowed for a lady. Talking about her breast, when I mean well endowed. Okay. Okay. And I know she has a hard time finding bras that are comfortable, that offer her the support. It's an ongoing thing Mm -hmm. in our life. If I could invest in a bra company that would just fit my wife <laughs> and her like it, I would be a millionaire. Huh. I cannot tell you how many bras we've bought and thrown away. So I know this is important for our ladies and our lady soldiers. I was going to say, why does she throw them away? Does she not know she can sell them to a creepy <laughs>
1: middle-aged dude on on Facebook Marketplace? Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's what Tara does. <laughs>
0: we're uh, we're not big on selling on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, okay, that makes sense. In fact, we were talking the other day because she rearranged all the counters in the kitchen. Luckily, I got out of that. I don't know how.
1: Rearranged counters
0: mm-hmm. Well, like uh, cabinets? I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like
1: like stuff that's in them. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay.
0: Thrown at the whole house into chaos too, by the way, we're all (laughs) opening up the wrong doors of everything all the time. It pisses my kids off. Like Hudson visibly gets mad because the cups (laughs) have been in one place his whole life. He can't wrap his brain around that. They're one door over, but whatever. Uh, Anyway, so she did that and so we had a bunch of like cups and coffee mugs and she was like, I think I'm just gonna we'll wait to the yard sale. We'll just see how many of these we can give away again. I was like, That's my girl. <laughs> uh, That's right. She's like, and we can give away that uh dresser and mirror that we have in Ollie's room, you know? And I was like, I don't I don't wanna move that downstairs.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. It's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't I don't wanna have to move that. Well, let's talk about Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. And we want to thank them for their support. Check them out on their website, CajunCurl.com, where you can order the spice right there on CajunCurl.com. It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana. And it's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, McDonald's pickles, and anything else you can think of putting it on. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice on anything will change your life. On their website, that's cajuncurl.com, you can order the original Bayou Blended Spice, and you can also find recipes that are absolutely mind blowing. You can locate your nearest retailer on there or order your own. If your local grocer, doesn't carry world-famous Cajun curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it now. Here locally, it's available at Bowles Fresh Market on Skyland Boulevard, South's Finest Meats, Mark's Martin Downtown Northport, and the Piggly Wiggly on Lurling Wallace Boulevard and the Piggly Wiggly down in Taylorville on 69 South. All their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel patriotic. As patriotic as an FBI agent raiding Mar-a-Lago it has a little kick to it and it doesn't burn your lips. It's all natural and it's low salt. World famous Cajun Curl value blended spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount.
1: Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you to pay full price. That's right. All right, John. What do you say we go to the phones? Okay. What say we don't? No calls. <laughs> no calls this oh, week. Dang. We did get a lot of discussion in the questions subreddit. Oh yeah. About cults. Cults.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Everybody's in a cult, or is this a cult? Well, I don't think it
1: is yet, but that is the end goal. <laughs> yeah, we've we've been very open about that, right? <laughs>
0: yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> And now it's time for ask
1: John questions about stuff. All right. We do like to ask John questions on this show. If you have any questions for John, you can head on over to the ask John questions about stuff sub.
0: Yeah. Channel discord server link in the show notes. We need somebody to create us a Reddit.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can do that. Um, I don't know how many of our listeners are on Reddit, but I mean, if, if, if there's enough of if if people would talk, then yeah, we absolutely yeah. should have
0: Reddit. Yeah. I don't know a lot about Reddit, though. I like Reddit. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I see stuff that, like a lot of stuff that links to Reddit that I'll go to, mm-hmm. but I just never been a, use it a lot. I got it on my phone. I just rarely use it.
1: I think it's just like a, it's just a huge collection of forums. Yeah, right. Is what it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. About everything, <laughs> yeah. apparently.
1: All right. Our first question comes from Nicole. And I'm not sure if this is a question for you or a question to the other people in the group. group? okay. (laughs) But she says, have you ever listened to the podcast Cultish? I have not. I have not either.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'll only listen to Earth Oddity.
1: (laughs) Our next question comes from The Driver. Have you ever heard of Bob Jones University? A friend of mine attended her freshman year there. They are almost cultish.
0: I have heard of Bob Jones. I'm trying to remember where they are. I want to say maybe Tennessee, but they're a hardcore Christian okay. university. Hmm. We Somebody played them. That's how I became aware of them. But, yeah, they're pretty hardcore. They're like Liberty on steroids. <laughs> uh, oh,
1: appreciate it. Goose says, I'm going to star actual questions to make it easier okay. for Tiny. <laughs> There we go. So, that's a listener that's helping out. Yeah, he deserves an yeah. on-time <laughs> podcast. Okay, our next question comes from Goose. He says, "What is your favorite hymn that isn't a well-known hymn?"
0: Hmm. Well, that isn't well-known. I, I love Farther Along, which mm-hmm. we don't sing it a ton at my church. I don't, other churches might, uh, and it's it's a pretty famous hymn. I think everybody from like Alan Jackson, the the Leaven Brothers have recorded right. it, but. I really like that hymn a lot, so it's probably my favorite. W gonna, B. Stevens, I think, wrote it. Mm. I think. Yeah.
1: I was gonna say, uh I don't it's not super well known in Baptist churches, but the Lutheran hymn, A Mighty Fortress. Is yeah, we sing that every once in a while. We do every church. now and again, yeah. but it's not like a you know, it's no yeah. amazing grace. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Martin Luther wrote some hymns. Uh I he think- probably wasn't down with the organs and instruments in church. Probably not. Spurgeon wasn't.
1: No, he was not. He did
0: not like him at all. Like him a bit. No, (laughs) he's down with our Church of Christ brothers on that one. Yeah, Uh, was it Charles Wesley? Maybe dude who started the Methodist Church. uh, He's a Wesley. I
1: think he had a brother Charles. He wrote a a hymn, amazing love that's pretty good. Okay, amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, should die for me?
0: Oh, I thought it was like a Chris Tomlin song. (laughs)
1: Well, we all know that Chris Tomlin likes to rip off other people's work.
0: (laughs) Look, I I just want to tell everybody, if you love praise and worship music, I don't want to discourage you from that, but hymns are 100% better in every way, Mm -hmm. especially when they're sung in four-part harmony like they're written. It's amazing. It, It is an amazing feeling. We had a a hymn song at our wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how into hymns I am. John's gonna hate this, but I actually like it when
1: someone takes a hymn and, and hymns it like, up. Well, not not necessarily hymns it, it up, but just put uses modern. It's just not just the organ. Oh, you know, no. uses other instruments. Oh, well, only yeah. organ.
0: A piano is a little <laughs> too much for me.
1: Dude, I used to go to this. Uh, I used to go to chapel. Uh, in Kentucky, where every now and again they would get uh like a not a orchestra, but right. there was about 15, 20 people, and they yeah. would all you know they'd have like a brass section and all this, and it was it was pretty cool.
0: Well, you know uh, we went. And I went, Mudhut and I rode together, but a bunch of men from our church went to see Tim Tebow speak, you know, <laughs> at that men's conference or whatever there. it was. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, Mudhut and I ended up sitting alone, like way up in the top. Uh-huh. Because, you know, he can too cool. Well, he can't be around anybody. You know, <laughs> like, he's just that way. But we sang a hymn there. I don't even remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was like all the men were in there singing together. And it was one of the greatest things I've ever experienced. I was like, this was like Vikings going into war. You know, that's like what it sounded like. Just a bunch of men singing Yeah. It was great. You know, (laughs) women ruin everything, including (laughs) hymns.
1: That's
0: a joke.
1: Goose asks, is it worth waiting the four minutes and 40 seconds in the song Freebird for the good part of the song? I personally feel like they could have cut out like one to two minutes of the song, it would make it a lot better.
0: So I assume he's talking the good part would be when it gets fast, right? Uh,
1: Yeah, I would
0: assume. I don't know that. That's what I would call the good part of the song. Yeah, Yeah. I mean... But, like, to me, it's a one whole... It's a ride, you mm -hmm. know? That's what it is. Yeah. It's a a build-up into climax. And, I mean, a climax is great, but it's better with Mm build-up, you know? In almost every situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would not eliminate. Admittedly, Free Bird is a long song. Not really, but I'm a deadhead. so like, <laughs> yeah, For you, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> like a seven-minute song is nothing. <laughs> I get mad if a dead song seven minutes long.
1: <laughs> uh, Goose asks, who is John's profile picture of on Discord? <laughs>
0: That is uh, one Billy Mitchell.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: The most hated man in uh, in the world. In video games. In video game history. (laughs) He's Billy Mitchell is everything I will never be, which is a champion and a winner (laughs) and a hot sauce salesman. (laughs) And uh, he wears American flag ties. Yes. And I think. I think you changed that to my. I think you could. You changed my profile picture of that, or maybe I did. I
1: think you changed it, but this was back when we were. Uh,
0: you changed my name to Shaman of Odd. Yes. Yeah,
1: that's right. We were, we went through like a, uh, a kind of King of Kong
0: phase. We did. We interviewed. We got.
1: Uh, Steve Weeby
0: to People, come on our show. Right. <laughs> People forget we interviewed a celebrity, we a legit did. celebrity, not just a lady who slept with a ghost pirate. We interviewed <laughs> her too. <laughs> she talked for like two hours straight. We did, and uh, and we interviewed Steve Weeby, probably the coolest dude in the history of the world.
1: Man, we got to get our kids to like leave us alone so we can do more interviews <laughs> sure. and fun stuff like that. Yes. Okay. Uh. Oh, yeah. The White Devil did answer him and say the biggest cheater in the world, Billy Mitchell. I don't want to be the biggest cheater. But more than like yes, he was a cheater. He's definitely (laughs) a cheater. definitely a cheater. Uh, Stan Wright asked, what does BTU stand for?
0: BTU?
1: Yeah, BTU.
0: British Thermal Unit.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I
0: did. I I knew
1: Thermal Unit. I didn't know it was British. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Prison Planet Theory?
0: I don't know the prison planet theory. Uh, I'm not either. If it's about Americans getting locked up, well, we're all into that. We, (laughs) For a freedom-loving nation, we love locking people up. Uh,
1: If you could only listen to one song for the rest of your life, which one would it be and why?
0: Um, One song for the rest. This is actually a more difficult question because you don't want to get tired of that song. It's got to be a good song.
1: Is there a song that you could listen to and no matter how much you listen to it, not get tired of it?
0: Well, I would, my first instinct was Ramble on Rose by the Dead, specifically the Europe 72 version. Cause that's, I've never not liked that song anytime I've heard it, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm just thinking 30 years from now what I'd be like, "And I hate this song. I don't know. That's a tough question. That is a tough question. Yeah. I may pick like a symphony or something. Hmm. Maybe just the whole Nutcracker Suite by Tchaikovsky or something, or pictures at an exhibition. Chopin. Maybe. Yeah.
1: In the song, Three Wooden Crosses, why did the farmer go to Mexico?
0: Uh, I'm trying to remember the song. That was Randy Travis, maybe, who sang that.
1: I'm not familiar with the song.
0: So there were, it was, there's two the people on a bus and they got hit and some of them died. And there was a farmer, a teacher, a hooker, and a preacher. And one of them went on vacation and one of them went for education and the other two went for lost souls. That's right. They were looking for lost souls. I'm going to say that he was looking for a lost soul.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: I think. A farmer doesn't take vacations, right? Right. Farmer doesn't need education. (laughs) So I think the reverse order that they're listed versus what they were seeking is who was going there for what. Hmm. So the hooker was going to get an education and the preacher was going on vacation. The hooker was the only one who lives, if I remember right. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the song, so oh yeah, I hope all of this
1: makes sense to somebody
0: out there, <laughs> somebody who likes nineties country, yeah, yeah. maybe eighties. Uh,
1: what is your favorite piece of bad advice? Mine is always weave a little, so other drivers will stay away from you.
0: <laughs> well, I got when I was a kid, an old man at my church uh, by the name of Buster Hallmark told mm-hmm. me one time. That if you rub under your arm on the skin, then you can grab a wasp nest and pull it down. Did it work or did you ever try? It it? did not work at all.
1: (laughs) 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 I am not 100% sure this is bad advice. Yeah. But I would say my favorite advice was uh, when it comes to guns, two rules. Number one, you always treat a gun as if it was loaded. Yeah. Rule number two. You always keep a gun loaded because <laughs> <laughs> it's not doing no good sure. to you if it's not loaded.
0: We talked a kid in our neighborhood into believing that if he wet his feet from the ankle down and stood in a fire ant bed, that fire ants wouldn't bite him. And he did it. And it's- <laughs> they beat him anyway. He had hundreds of fire ant bites on him. <laughs> uh- yeah. All right, Shout out bro. to that dude, uh, Wherever he <laughs> is, he probably hates me. Yeah, uh,
1: and this is going to be the last question for today. Cash Money Oddity Thousand Air says, "I collect old safety razors. Do y'all collect anything?
0: Uh, do you collect anything? Video gaming I was systems? Saying, yeah,
1: I don't, but I don't know if you can really consider. I'm not collecting for the sake of collecting. I right. just like to play games, so I guess you could say I collect those. Um, but, but even still, like. Some people get into actually collecting the old carts right. and like the old systems and all that stuff. Me, I am personal, I am one hundred percent fine with dropping a ROM into an emulator on my PC and okay. it that way. So
0: I have a few collections of different things, none of which I actively collect. Mm-hmm. Like I have a ton of Pez dispensers because my mom always gave me Pez dispensers growing you up. You kept them all. And yeah, it really, she probably kept most of them when I moved off to college. I just left them at home. But then she was like, I'm getting rid of all this junk. Here's your PEZ dispenser. So I got, I don't know how many of those. Are
1: I any got. of them worth anything? I
0: have no idea. Cause I think it's a little bit
1: niche, but I think there is a small community yeah. of people who collect them. So I have no there's idea. There's a chance you could have yeah. a rare one in there.
0: I have uh, a lot of coins that I've collected over the years or were given to me, mm-hmm. uh, some of which are somewhat valuable. Um and then I have a ton of Boy Scout patches and memorabilia. Probably worth as much as a used Buick, you know. <laughs> right. That I've gotten over the years, traded, collected, people have given me stuff. Hey, my Pawpaw was in scouts in the forties, and mm-hmm. here's some stuff we found in a drawer, and you're the only scout I know. And I'm just like, all right, thank you. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, this thing's worth $3,000. <laughs> so I have a ton of that, but I don't even actively collect or trade any of that stuff. Right. You know. And I never really was a big trader either. Now, I have a friend who probably has over, I would say probably over $100,000 worth of patches, essentially. And you know, he's got like a vault built for him and everything. Hmm. It's hard. Boy Scout stuff is very hard because they make so much of it. Right. You know. So there's a ton out there.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. Me and my dad, we went through a phase in the '90s, as every single other little yeah. boy and their dad. I got in the baseball 90s cards did, too. Yes. Where we collected baseball cards, and I gotta say, thirty years later, they are not worth what you we thought, thought they, they were going to be worth in the '90s. Right. The internet came along. And all these collectors started getting together and talking and posting stuff. Turns out, baseball card companies, they printed up a, a ton bunch. of yeah. cards.
0: They weren't worried about long-term value. Yeah, they were so about they making are, sales.
1: They are not rare. Right.
0: Well, you know, and Tops cards just went out of business in the past few years, mm-hmm. they just were like, we well, can't make a living anymore. Yeah. They worked themselves out of, because they were just selling so many cards. You mm-hmm. know, if they would have limited the supply then they could have sustained this business model for probably a lot longer I don't know but yeah I had and still do have a bunch of baseball cards I got like I got a stamp book somewhere with a bunch of stamps and I've I, I just never followed through with any real collecting of anything mm-hmm. so yeah um yeah that's my collections don't come steal my boy Scout patches. <laughs> You'll never find my coins. There's only one person in the world knows where those are, and that's Thomas Long. And you could torture him forever, and he won't tell you (laughs) because he's he's uh, he's different. He's built different. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, John, that'll do it for questions. One thing we need to do before we bring this free show to a close is we need to thank our patrons. We thank you all so much for supporting what we do. We would like to thank by name those who donate at the 10 or above tier. Those fine individuals are Mr. Daniel Hedrick, Mr. James White, Ms. Angela Pinto, Ms. Sherry Herron, Mr. Chris Payne, Mr. Derek Reeves, Mr. Hank Hernandez, Ms. Jane Updegraff, Ms. Jacqueline B., Mr. Josh Dodd, Mr. Shane White, Ms. Sharon Craig, the driver, Uh, Mr. Todd Glover. Mr. Tyler Bond, and Mr. Mike Wilcox, a.k.a. wheel Seriously, thank you all so much for supporting this show. If you would like to become a patron, you can head on over to patreon.com slash earthoddity. We have several tiers, but the $5 tier gives you the extended show. Once again, that is patreon.com slash earthoddity. And speaking of extensions, what do we got coming up in the extension today?
0: Uh, We're going to talk about a husband and wife and... They're neighbors. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Common.
0: Yeah. What about you?
1: I have a story about Italian athlete Alberto Nagno. Okay. And why he didn't win his 400 yard dash. At
0: least he didn't kill his girlfriend like <laughs> the other Italian, the only other Italian athlete I know, <laughs> yeah. the Blade Runner.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I wish I could. I was listening to a still comedian. He was talking about. You know it's really remarkable what he did, and I'm not talking about killing his girlfriend.
0: Was <laughs> <laughs> it Bill Burr has a whole thing about how uh, prosthetics have gotten so good that if you have like the Blade Runner stuff, you can't compete against people with normal legs. Like you're better than them. <laughs> you know? it gives you an advantage over them, which yeah. is wild. I think they should be able to compete and set records and all that.
1: Well, I feel like we need two leagues. We yeah. need we need just your normal right by the book standard yeah. you know league and then we need one league where it's anything goes sure I mean steroids bionics yeah do it all <laughs> mutations sure whatever uh, anything goes I kind of like
0: that <laughs> now since we're talking sports tiny you were telling me before we started recording how upset you are that Brittany Griner is in jail. <laughs> In Russia now, because you're a huge WNBA fan. Right. And she was Me your favorite player. Me, along with all the other
1: feminists <laughs> who just can't get enough
0: of the WNBA. <laughs> I think – it may have been your boy Elon tweeted out that how ridiculous it is that we're going nuts trying to get her home over a weed charge. when we got a ton of people locked up in the U.S. on weed charge. He charging. makes a good point. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then my other friend was like, uh, Brittany Griner wouldn't care if I got arrested with weed. So why do I care that she did? <laughs> well, now, I thought, aren't we supposed to be working on a trade? Well, they had talked about trading the merchant of death for <laughs> yes. her. Yeah. A good truck, good deal. Well, I think, <laughs> I, and I'm no idiot. I think that the powers that be were probably like, "Look, Brittany, we can work a Merchant of Death trade for you, but it's going to have to come after the elections. You know,
1: <laughs> like,
0: just sit tight for a few months, and we'll get this trade Getting comfortable. Going. Yeah, <laughs> and then we'll get it get you back after that. Because I do agree that the U.S. government should help. Our citizens abroad who are having legal difficulties, mm-hmm. all right? Now, if you break the law, sometimes you got to pay the price for that. But if you're a U.S. citizen or the United States, we need to at least try to help you out. I don't care if it's Brittany Griner or that dude that got whipped with a cane over in Singapore all those years ago. You remember him? <laughs> I remember
1: that dude. People <laughs> went nuts about that, too. I mean... I remember even as a little kid, I remember hearing my grandparents and my and my dad and mom be like, Well, he was over there spray painting cars. Right. And that's what you get over yeah. there. So that's he what should, happens. He should, he, should, he should get gained.
0: Sure. And the and, and,
1: same logic
0: should apply to Brittany Griner. I remember too.
1: thinking, Okay, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but whatever. A Brittany Griner should be in jail because she said she could beat Demarcus Cousins 101 out. <laughs> Mobile, Alabama legend DeMarcus Cousins one on one. When DeMarcus Cousins was in his prime, that was a ludicrous statement. She should have been put in jail then, you know. <laughs> so thank you, Putin, for defending the honor of DeMarcus Cousins. How about what if we could do this? What if we could put just this is going to be
1: like a one time pay per view event? Yeah, Brittany Griner versus whoever their champion is, <laughs> their top basketball one on one. And if you win, you get to go back to the United States that you hate so very much. She, she was not happy with us. <laughs> if you lose, you, yeah. have, to, you have to sit, and, sit in prison and, and do your time.
0: I thought it would be great if, uh, like, just a funny move, if Trump was like, if he gave a <laughs> press conference, it was like, I'm going to get Britney home, y'all. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the president can't do it. I can do it. And then he... Putin, Cause Putin because everybody knows they're big buddies, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well Putin was the one who hacked the election. Sure. And so him he in office. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then didn't invade any countries while his buddy was in <laughs> office. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Brittany Griner, prayers up for you. It's tough that you're in jail in Russia. Can't be fun. Can't be fun to be in jail anywhere. But I would think Russia would rank at the bottom of the list. I would want to go. I can't imagine it's a ton of fun being in Russia just when as things are good when you're free <laughs> i
1: mean and and i'm not talking bad about russia but it is cold there it is
0: very cold it's
1: extremely cold there and i don't that's why i live in that's alabama tr- cuz i don't off. do very good with the cold
0: i've been watching that alone show you know yeah. i'm addicted to alone by the way mm-hmm. like i can't stop watching it
1: it's like i like the winter time i like alabama winter yeah, time right when I, it doesn't get much below 50 degrees Yes. even when it's like at night It'll, yeah, it'll get down to like the 20s, but you, no one's sleeping outside at night. Tonight. I have, but yeah.
0: <laughs> when we, we hiked up in Hody, it was like 14 degrees in the mornings when we were waking up. Oof. And we didn't have enough fuel for our stoves the second day. That's I don't know good. what Boy Scout did that. I, <laughs> me and my friend, who's the head of the Violent Crimes Unit, were appalled because we're both Eagle Scouts. And we're like, who didn't bring enough fuel? We're going to have to go. Collect
1: some spiders to start a campfire. <laughs> we just,
0: I ate my coffee. I, I had enough to warm up my coffee, you know, my instant coffee. And I just poured my grits in my coffee. I ate it all together. Mm-hmm. I was like, here we go. I'll get my caffeine and all this in. And one hot meal, we can hike out of here. It was so cold. Oof. It was bad. Anyways, so... That's talking WNBA with John and Tiny. Probably the most has been talked about on a podcast in the history of the world that WNBA has been discussed. So I don't know. Don't get me started on the WNBA. I hate the WNBA. I should like it because I like sports. I was about to say,
1: it's not enough for you to just not care about it.
0: I hate you it. You actively, I hate actively it. root for the league to collapse. <laughs> the NBA pumps a ton of money into it to keep it going, you know? Right. Which, credit to the NBA, they care about women's sports, all that. That's good for them. That's why they're doing it. They're not doing it because they're making money off of it, I guarantee you. Still, should we have a professional league that we have to prop up? I don't think so. The capitalist in me says no. Exactly. <laughs> if they're not getting enough people coming into the games or whatever. Yeah. Average attendance in 29, I read this. I'll read any anti-WNBA propaganda, (laughs) by the way. Average attendance in the NBA for 82 games in 2019 was like 18,000 people. Wow. That same year for the WNBA, average attendance was like 1,672 people a game. How can you keep a league? Mm -hmm. And then they're all like, we should make as much as the men do. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: know what? If you can get people to... Buy tickets, yeah, and to buy your merch, right, and to sign up for all your games on pay per view, yeah.
0: Then yes, you should. What you gotta do is get people to gamble on your sport. (laughs) I mean, I hate to—that is what it all comes down to. Every successful league is successful because people gamble. Because that's what we call
1: stakes. Yes, right, and
0: (laughs) your average outside of fans, like. People who are really into that, like I will stay up at night and watch a meaningless Dallas Mavericks-Portland Trail Blazers game some nights. Just because I like basketball, I love seeing people dunk on everybody else. It's so <laughs> much fun. I wish I could dunk. All right. Well, nobody other than me and fans of the Mavericks and the Blazers are watching that game except people who gamble. So if you want TV ratings, you're going to need gamblers to be on it. And I don't know what the WNBA has to do. Their games are on lines for people to bet. Mm-hmm. They just got to get more people interested to gamble on it. And that legal takeoff. That's all we got to do. Allow me a Southern Baptist to promote <laughs> gambling for a female League, we won't let you (laughs) preach, but we'll let you play basketball
1: if we can gamble.
0: If people can gamble on it, we can make this an economically viable professional league.
1: Yes, (laughs) you got anything else?
0: No, I see it. We could probably cut out the last 10 minutes of everything I just talked about.
1: That was all ridiculous.
0: I just wanted to make fun of the WNBA, really. Yeah. You have been listening to Earth
1: Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us. No matter where you get us, whether you get us from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on all those. If you would like to write into the show, we are at PlanetMail.net. If you would like to tweet at us, we are at underscore Oddity on Twitter. Do you like looking at pictures? Sure. On Instagram, because we have an Instagram handle. That's channel, right. UnderscoreEarthOddity on Instagram. We have a Discord server where you can hang out with us, chat with us online, link to the show notes. And we also have a phone number that you can call or text. What's that phone number?
0: That is 662-493-2059. 662-493-2059.
1: We hope everybody out there has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye.
0: This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening.
1: All right, Earth Oddity patrons, how y'all doing? Thank you again so much for joining us, Sure, for supporting our show. We got some saving stories. Oh yeah, I already. Not big saving. <laughs>